We're up to 8,114, oh, so thank you so much. I'm just going to nip to the loop. And uh, we're going to, I think we're just going to play a little fundraiser. Maybe Rick can, no, we can't. He's, he, I can see him raising his hands. Let's bring in Nigel Thorne, because I haven't spoken to Nigel yet, and uh, it's about time I did. Nigel Thorne, hello. I think you're on mute. Hi, you. How are you? Oh, very well. Thank you so much for coming in and supporting us. Kath just um, popped out to re get refreshed. But thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank you for organising it and thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. It's quite an honour. So I'm uh, very happy to be able to speak. Not sure I can do it for an hour, but we'll see how we get on. We'll see how we get on. So, Nigel, before we start, for those people who don't know much about you, can you just give us a little bit of a background? about where it all started for you and how you've ended up coming across Publishing Wales and doing the work that you're doing. Yeah, it, it, it came from a different place, I suppose. And really, it came from me from the plans um, aspect. Um, so I got involved in this uh, about almost three years ago. And it was, it was in response. I, I, I was in a Facebook, uh, a Facebook friend who uh, posted something out to all her female friends saying, if the trans woman goes into the toilet, don't complain because you know that's uh, that's bigoted. And I said um, I responded to that saying, "Well, there may be justifiable reasons for a woman to complain if a fully intact biological male comes into a female toilet." And there was, and, and the other thing I said, I said, um, "You know, feelings are amoral. They're neither good nor bad. They just are. So although prejudice may be unhealthy, you." You can't judge a person on, on their prejudice. Um, prejudice itself is not, you don't overcome prejudice by telling them they're a bad person, uh, just because, um, they feel the way they do. And there's this enormous pile. Um, and I was going away for the weekend, so I didn't see most of the messages that came after I posted those things. But it's only when it came back on the Sunday night, there's this massive list of, uh, accusations accusing me of this heteronormative victory and I should educate myself and educate my friends and do better and I educate myself I needed to uh, watch a video on YouTube uh, no uh, Netflix a film on Netflix so um so that that started it all because it just seemed extraordinary this judgmental attitude to people who were uh, 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 judging me based on my sexual orientation <laughs> and uh, and sex and um, skin color. I mean, it seems, it seems madness because there seems to be an army of people out there who would judge you for being bigoted just because of the person you are. So um, I started looking into the trans issue and I set up a website, which is whatisawoman.uk. Uh, and then latterly, I saw the issues that are happening in Wales and I started um, creating videos for that. So... Uh, I'm supporting public child protection Wales in the videos. So they're getting a bit of traction with the brain. Yeah. So that's the background, you know? Yeah, you but did have a few, because when um, Kim started uh, live streaming your shows, didn't she, Nigel, a, a week yeah. or a couple of weeks ago, I think, first? And it would not, when anyone was trying to share it, it was Nigel's video, you know, when he was coming up, you can't oh, share Oh, yes, it. I got, I got blocked. Yeah. And it did that yeah. to everybody who tried to share it. But in the end, I think Kim said, but that actually did us a favor because where it was being censored so many times and all these things were coming up on Facebook with people posting their, their thing where they couldn't share it, everyone went to the website and actually watched it from there. So she said this gaining traction from being censored. Yeah. They are absolutely brilliant videos, Nigel. And obviously you've focused a lot on the gender ideology and the queer theory, which originally did come from um, a lady called Judith Butler. And I know that you've done a, a lot of work on on her ideology, should we say. Can you just give us a little bit of information about Judith Butler and what her ideology was, Nigel? Yeah, well, I'll start off by talking initially about the gender identity ideology, because it's very linked with queer theory. And this is what's being pushed in schools. So pretty much every organization uh, in schools or elsewhere. So Stonewall are doing it, mermaids are doing it, intelligence are doing it, giants are doing it, brooks are doing it. They're all doing it. And essentially what they're teaching kids is that we all have a gender identity that is independent of our sex body. So if your gender identity aligns with your sex, your cisgender, 
And if it's different from your sex, you're trans. So that's the, the ideology. Um, and it's simple to understand. But the question is, is whether it's true. Because the claim is that we all have a gender identity, um, which a lot of children um, have from the age of two. So you think, well, what does that mean exactly? Because certainly from the age of two or three, uh, you might be able to see, say to a class of kids, boys stand on that side of the room, girls stand on the other side of the room, and the children will know what you mean. You know, they'll go and stand to the right side of the room. So there is, you could say that cognitive recognition that they know that they're boys and girls is a gender identity. But for children who are struggling with gender dysphoria, they have that cognitive recognition that they are the sex that people say they are. But they have a feeling that they want to be in another sex, the opposite sex. Um, so that's a feeling, not a cognitive rationalization. So to call that a gender identity, you're comparing apples and pears. You're comparing two different things. So they're not different things. You know, they're, you know, they're, you can't compare different things. That's insane. But that seems to be what's what's happening. I mean, the only way that boys and girls can have a gender identity. I mean, you ask a normal boy, what's what what's it feel like to be a boy? He's not going to give you a sensible answer. <laughs> there isn't a sensible answer. You ask a girl, what's it feel like to be a girl? He, there's no sensible answer to that. What you can say is, well, I like doing the things that boys do, or I like doing the things that girls do. That's the only thing you can say. So this is a real attack on gender non-performing children. It's terrible. So the truth is, there's a cross-gender identity. That's that children who have, have gender dysphoria have a cross-gender identity. And there isn't such a thing, as far as I can see, which is a gender identity in, in people who don't have gender dysphoria. But this is what's being taught everywhere. And it's being taught to our kids. So it's a great attack on kids and a great threat to them. So this is where, um, so the question is, where do, does all this come from? And there's three, as I can see, it's three big forces pushing this. And the first is queer theory, which, as you mentioned, Kath, uh, comes from, well, it's, it's, um, Judith Butler really talks about gender, which was gender theory is a subset of queer theory. So queer theory is based on French philosophers, really, what's called post-structuralist philosophers who believe that power lies within language, and by changing language, you can change people's perceptions. That's kind of the idea. So Judith Butler, in her seminal work, Gender Trouble, talked about uh, the heterosexual matrix. There's the perception in society that to be normal, you must be masculine and sexually attracted to girls, or feminine and sexually attracted to boys, if you're a girl. Um, so people who don't fit into those stereotypes, if you like, are at risk of being demonized and ridiculed and bullied. So her idea is that we need to undermine this heterosexual matrix, undermine heteronormativity. And the way we do that is by downplaying the significance of sex in discourse and elevating the significance of gender in any discourse. When you're talking, so that's why you see in the LGBT plus action plan, you see the word gender as um, a term that is used to refer to whether someone identifies as female. This is a new definition. comes straight from queer theory. The dictionary definitions are not used uh, in the LGBT plus action plan. Queer theory definitions are. So that elevates the significance of uh, an internal gender. And the, the word sex is defined as attributed to somebody. So it's a, a social construct rather than a material reality. And again, that's downplaying the significance of sex. So you're seeing this everywhere. You're seeing this everywhere. It's, it is madness. Um, so I will talk a little bit about the uh, Judith Butler in terms of where that comes from. The, the gender identity was not a term that was invented in my lifetime. It was invented, with, um, sorry, it was invented in my lifetime. Um, so it didn't exist uh, when I was born. And uh, people argue whether it was John Money or Robert Scholar who came up with it. Um, certainly Jews, but the, the first of Robert Scholar in the work. Uh, so Robert Scholar uh, hypothesized that we, he worked with um, uh, transsexuals. He hypothesized that all of us have a 
gender core, an internal core of our gender, which uh, is partly in from our natural um, personality and partly as a result of uh, social uh, influences. So Judith Butler took that idea of um, the gender core of Robert Stoller and came up with this idea that gender is something that is performed, she calls that performativity. So we perform a gender because we do naturally in life. And then a gender identity is created as a result of performing that gender. That's what she came up with. So that's not what's being taught these days. What's being taught is something that comes... You know, some of the ideas got, became very influential on Tumblr, um, along with mm. uh, lots of teenage girls in, on social media. So it's, 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 this thing's really come from social media. They took Judith Butler's ideas and then made them less sophisticated. So uh, instead of performing a gender, you do have a gender innately. That's the idea that comes from Tumblr. So this is where the 72 genders come from. It's from teenage girls, really, on social media, coming up with all these yeah. different things as they're exploring. So this is kind of what's, what's, what's being taught now. Yeah, everybody has a gender that is different from this of what? That is independent of their sex and maybe different or maybe the same. So it is uh, it is quite dangerous. Um so I will go on to talk about um the idea of queer theory and how they use language to uh, queer binary oppositions. So this is the idea that Western society is composed of binary oppositions. Um there's man and woman, and there's heterosexual and homosexual, there's right-handed and left-handed. And one pole of this binary is always oppressing the other pole. Uh, so males oppress women, and heterosexuals oppress homosexuals, and right-handed people oppress left-handed people, because the pole always comes to the fore and oppresses the, that which is regarded as abnormal. Now, if, as a mental exercise, I thought it might be good to uh, to walk through what might have happened in the past if you were going to clear the right-hand, left-hand binary. Because in the past, certainly, people who are left-handed had to use their right hand instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and and so that was that was that caused a lot of problems for kids who are left-handed, and suggestions that he may have led to stammering and that sort of thing, where they have to force something to do, to do something that's not natural. So you might say, if you're going back in time as a queer theorist, well, the right hand is oppressing the left hand. Yeah. We need to clear that binary opposition. The way to do that is to talk about people who can do things with both hands. They're ambidextrous, so they're equally as good as right with the right hand as with the left. And if you do that, you can say, well, you know, if you focus on talking a lot about these people with who can do things with both hands, you you clear that binary opposition. Yeah. And you start saying, oh, there's a spectrum between the right hand and the left hand. You know, okay. it's neutral. So suddenly being left handed isn't abnormal, it's part of the spectrum. So that's what's being done with gender and sex, is that clearing the gender and sex binaries. Uh, because uh, and the origins for uh, Judith Butler's work certainly lies in response to homophobia, really. Because in the past, and I'm sure it exists now, there there is homophobia, no doubt. Um, I remember when I was growing up, or a young man, really, I started a, a job and worked in Cardiff, and next door was a Christadelphian church. And one day I passed that church, and it, it had an advertisement for a sermon talking about um, AIDS and saying it's God's vengeance on gay people, you know. And like, it's yeah, so, so Christian. It was quite shocking. Uh, and in those days, gay people wouldn't come out. Uh, they were very much in the closet. So pride came about. There's people uh, were able to feel comfortable uh, expressing their sexuality over time, and things gradually improved. But But Gender theory in, in Judith Butler's works is derived really as a response to homophobia. So, so her her aim is uh, worthy, 
but the uh, the tactics they're using as a strategy they're using to break down homophobia in society by changing the definition of the words to me is insane and and so that's why I'm campaigning against this because it's it's saying that the, it is the words itself that is doing the oppression. Well, it's it's not. That's not the case. Words itself aren't doing the oppression. It's the material reality that's present people. But so um, so that's one of the things that are, that is pushing this. Queer theory is, is very influential in universities. Mm. Matthew Reynolds is 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 up to rise in queer theory, and she's pushing this change in the language. Yeah, we're seeing that talking about before. Emma Reynolds as well, Nigel. I mean, I, I don't know if you've noticed, there was a review brought out, obviously Emma Reynolds, for anyone who's watching, was the professor in Cardiff University who basically, Kirsty Williams being ex-education minister for Wales, gave her the, the sort of reins really, and Emma Reynolds wrote the, um, the Welsh curriculum, and she is highly invested in this queer theory, Nigel, isn't she? She is, yeah. So, and I'm sure she's had influence on the. She's part of the expert panel as well, which drew up the LGBTQ plus action plan. So I'm sure she's had influence on that because you see the queer influence, queer theory influence in the changing of the definition of the word. Yeah, and that's, that's why I, I just thought, you know, because I find it extraordinary. Why does why does why does the BBC think this is a is, is worth remarking on? You know, what government society to change the definition of the words. <laughs> Why does the Guardian or the, the, the National Newspapers think this is worth remarking on? Why does what do journalists think this is worth remarking on? You know, it is not the role of governments change the meaning of the words. So why are they doing it? And there needs to be pushback on that. That's the insanity. Yeah, definitely. Actually, because even within the um the Equality Act 2010, you know, um Gender reass I've noticed this with a lot of the people who are pushing this agenda and, and how there's some people who are actually pulled out of the policy for the LGBT because of this, but it's loosely throwing around gender identity as a protected characteristic and actually it, it isn't yet at the moment. We've got gender reassignment, which is a protected characteristic, meaning that the person would have to have completely transition to be part of the you know the equality to be recognized under one of the protected characteristics in the Equality Act but um even Ellie Barnes I know because I read her book how to turn how to transform your school into an LGBT friendly place and I read that book um and even she had said um sorry what was I on about then I got distracted by the dog the so what was I saying um you were saying that people are using gender identity instead oh, of gender. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. using gender identity within the um within the protected characteristics and it's actually not in there. Now that's not to say that they won't put it in there because I do believe that they're trying to push policy and whatever to, to make that. But that would then mean that if it just that, you know, you then, Nigel, could go into a, you know, you can self-ID, you don't need any of the, the shebang to do anything. You could just essentially go dressed as you are <coughs> into a female space and say you identify as a female and get away yeah, with it. It's, 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 I mean, it's unmeasurable. How can you possibly have a protected characteristic for something you can't measure? You can't see. It's just insane. I, want, I will correct you, Kath, on one thing about the gender reassignment. Characteristic because it does say it does cover people who intend to transition or oh. the process of going through transition as well as people who are fully transitioned. So it does cover people, which is sort of a bit of a gray area. Does that? Oh, that is a bit of a gray area, isn't it? Because that could mean anything then. Because if you were go, if you were sort of partially transitioning, and I'm guessing you would have had to have been on perhaps puberty blockers or cross sex hormones. But if you intend to. <coughs> Then that could just yeah. be you as you are now, saying, "Well, I intend to do it in the next whatever, yeah. so I'm protected under that characteristic." There's a fact in court that might require some evidence of that intention rather than just saying. Yeah, oh, you know these puberty blockers. How long do they? Uh, how long do they have to stay on these? How long do they stay on these puberty blockers until after puberty? Is it just an ongoing thing? Well, yeah. It seems to me that they have to, don't they? Because they, well, until such time as surgery takes place, because they need to suppress the natural hormones being produced. Um, so how do you do that, other than using these puberty blockers? Um, so, so they it depends on what time 
puberty starts. So that they'll start mass puberty, but of course puberty comes at different times for different yes. children. Um, so if the required puberty blockers, it might be uh, 10 to 12, depending on whether you're a boy or a girl. I think it's sweet for boys, uh, about 12 year olds for boys. Um, and then they carry on and, uh, and then taking cross sex hormones at 16, I think is the standard. And then potentially surgery at 18, maybe. And these are these are things that have to go on anyway to the end of life, then, don't they? They have to to the, to maintain. Um, yeah, yeah. You would have to take it's, them for the rest of your it's life. Criminal. Which is it's just. It is criminal. It's abuse. It is abuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, queer theory is one of those things which is pushing this, and it's hugely influential. The other thing which is pushing this ideology is the number of trans people who claim to have gender identity that is different from their biological thing. So they're pushing the idea of John G2. And they're very influential, you know. So there's uh Kat Burden is head of Giles and she's on the expert panel for the Welsh Government. Um so she's uh transitioned at the age of fifty five, I think or fifty eight. And so oh. she was an airline pilot for years and years and years and then decided to transition in her fifties. Uh, and is now advising she has been advising um the Women Equality Select Committee in Parliament saying that, um, yeah, puberty blockers are essential so they don't have to go through what I did. Well, you know, can she, is she really the best person to... No, exactly. She's Whoa. not, is she? Transitioning at age 57, she's way past puberty. Yeah, I mean, uh, why do you assume that she's transitioning for the exact same reason at the age of 55? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be likely, is it? It's going to be completely different. Nigel, no, do you think this can be stopped? Well, uh, there's lots. There is fight back. I mean, this weekend there's um, a conference in Ireland uh, organised by Genspec. The um, Genspec are uh, saying that the standards of care provided by this international organisation, WPATH, fit the purpose. Now, WPATH is, is referenced in the um, LGBT plants, and they produced standards of care, which I came, think came out uh, earlier this year, um, and, and they've got unity as a gender identity, you know. And in fact, on their website, they had a uh, link to a uh, um, it's kind of a fetish site for, for men who had uh, sexual fantasies about children who um, boys who uh, got castrated. And that's, that's, it is extraordinary. It is absolutely extraordinary. This is definitely part the world's profession uh, of gender health. And they are, they seem, they seem to be completely, you know, away from anything scientific at all. It is just something ideologically didn't. So Genspect, uh, uh, an organization who, uh, got some really good people there and they're pushing alternative things, which are more psychological based rather than just straight into surgery. But to have gender identity as a unit is just, it's just insane. Yeah. Hopefully so, we can. Um, so yeah, I think it. You know, there's, there's there's so much opposition. I think it can be stopped. We're going to see we're going to see it Suzanne transition at some point. Yeah. At that point, you know, you can't you can't carry on ignoring it. It'll, it'll happen. Uh, yeah, I think it's got so bad now, doesn't it? We're at a state now where, you know, we can see the fallout of what's been going on for the last few years. And so it's, it's, it's bad. It is. It's, it's, it's coming. Is it the it's, fallout? The... Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, when you've got, I think. In America at the moment, they've got 25,000 children re registered, that's just registered, with trans regret. 25,000. And that's only the ones that are, are registered. This is a massive epidemic of, you know, confusing and destroying young children. Because, you know, the, these surgeries and, you know, the damage that can be done just from the the pharmaceuticals, the puberty blockers and the cross-sex hormones, they are irreversible, regardless of what people, you know, the, the activist and lobbyist groups are telling people. They are actually, I think Lupron had a big, massive um, fine, didn't they, not long ago? Uh, you know, I can't remember. I mean, certainly there have been complaints about Lupron in the way it's been used for other things. Because Lupron was developed for um, prostate cancer. So mm. prostate cancer can be treated, but it's also been used for the chemical castration of sex offenders. Um, so it's, and, and now it's going into this, into be used on children. Um, it's strange, isn't it? But that's, so that's what you're doing on children, on children, but you're using new 
chemical castration. Yeah. Uh, there was a big fun, yeah, there was. And I don't know what it related to because I can't recall. I think it was, there was some, because I, it was, um, I'm guessing you've seen Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? And on there, they had a guy, he's a trans man called Scott Nugent. And yeah. he was talking about it on there about, well, basically, he speaks out against it all as a trans man. And, and he's, you know, quite, well, he's very fierce on it and says he knows he's aware now. He said, I got, I got hooked. I got manipulated and bought into this at age 42. So what, what chance do children have on it? And he's saying yeah. he knows he's not going to live to see his grandchildren. He knows yeah. he's got a very short, um, you know, lifespan and he, and he, basically tells the truth about is the whole transition and what he has to do every day and what he has to take to stop this happening and you know he's, he's scott new nugent i think his name is he's, he's a brilliant he really is because you know he should technically be the poster boy then for this whole agenda look you know yeah. especially for our young girls if they want us this look at look at this you know this who was once a female because he does you know scott he does look like a man you know he's had all the stuff and whatever he does so they are, this is what can be achieved. But instead, what they're seeing in the media and the likes of, you know, they're showing it as a glamorous thing. And, oh, look at this, look, nothing happens. There's a glamorous person yeah, yeah, sat yeah, next yeah, to yeah. me. They've changed and nothing happens and it's absolutely fine. When in reality, it's much, much different. But the detransitioners of this movement are being completely ignored. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, Scott's, I think he's in London at the moment. I think he's oh, speaking. is he? He's over he's here. here. He's American guy, yeah, I think, isn't he? I'm sure this weekend. Um, so you, you might get into the news. Hopefully he does. Um, because, yeah, he's very, he was a star. I didn't see all that um, film because you needed to pay for it. Oh, do you? Uh, I didn't have to pay for it. Oh. They did trailers which are free. I don't think the whole film is free. I'll see if I can get hold of a thing for you, Nigel. If I can get hold of a thing, I'll send it over because it's well yeah. worth a watch. Yeah, yeah. I see, no, he's very good, but he, I mean, an absolute fortune because there's so many complications with, with his surgery. But he's had the artificial penis uh, created, uh, and that was miserable physically. So he's, he's, yeah, he's struggling, but he's very brave, you know. He's very brave, a fair play to him. And actually, when they do just, Kim had shared a photo the other day, and I didn't actually know what it was for ages. Like, it took a minute for me to figure out what was going on, but it was basically showing the arms. Of, oh, of girls who were going for phalloplasty surgery. Oh my God, send that to me. And they basically they take it from the arm. It's, this is no, this is not natural or normal in any way, shape, or form. And it is going to present its own, and is doing, presenting its own um, effects, ill effects. And these children are yeah. being told that it's absolutely fine to do this. Yeah, there's lots of complications with phalloplasty. And there's a, yeah. what, what did we watch? We watched something recently with that girl. She was just in there in her bikini, sitting by in her bathroom, wasn't she? And she was going through the female anatomy. Yeah. While she was standing up, and she was just in her bikini and she was showing the difference between a man and And then she went in and it was very hard to watch uh, where she showed how they made a lady's yeah and actually what and you how, need to do what they have to do the procedure of how they make oh. vagina and what they need to do to and maintain the, that to maintain it because it is actually just nothing more than well, an the body, open wound yeah the body's trying to close the, it up the, naturally yeah, I you mean, know oh and they're telling yeah, children and they're telling this. children this and then the other you know it, it distresses me so much when they're scaring little girls you know as well you know that they're going to bleed and all of this, you know, before they've, they've, you know, before they've even thought of periods, even before a parent's having that chat, yeah. you know, you don't, they, they, while they're that little, you just nurture, you don't put this on them, but they're literally going into primary school and they've still got, what, five, up to like 10 years of going to primary yeah. school, what, you're three? you're going to be scared if somebody tells and you you're going to start bleeding out. Especially nowhere. at it's that young age. Properly. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, it's just criminal. It's, yeah, it is. I mean, there's, there's complications for, um, for, for women I mean, if they don't have the phallopathy, that they, they, they do go into premature menopause. Um, so that's, that's because they're taking, they're stopping the estrogen, they're pushing the, um, testosterone. And so they're, they're getting menopause, I think, in the early 30s or even before them. Oh, so that's another, another side effect of taking these. Yeah, it's, well, because obviously it's the the opposite hormone, isn't it? It's going to be testosterone mm. for a, a girl and estrogen yeah, yeah, for yeah. a boy. 
Yeah, and so what? And of course, Jazz Jennings, he was male to female, but he ain't in to do regular dilation of that. So it's uh, this, these are not trivial things. Um, no. Why it's it's you know why people are pushing this ideology? Well, so there's the the, the, the trans people. Uh, it, there used to be, as you're probably aware, there used to be two different cohorts of people that would transition. There used to be uh, very young, um, so children before the age of six would have the the symptoms of gender dysphoria. Then they would tend to be referred to about um, puberty time. They would usually turn out to be gay children, you know, and it's predominantly boys. And then you've got this other cohort who, who are middle-aged men, and um, they got transition because of a because of what was called transvestic fetishism. That's mm. how it's defined in the um, ESM, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, clinical psychologist uh, Dr. Ray Blanchard coined the term autogynophilia, you're aware, which is a love of oneself as a woman. He used that term to the broader thing. So, Transvestism just uh, just involves um, sexual arousal when you put on the clothes of the woman. Uh, but there's people as men as well who want to be the surgery, um, as well as some some men who want to do the behavioural things, sort of tending to have periods and this sort of thing. So it's all very very odd, but people men turned on by. So that's that's why some of them want to transition because yeah. of this fetish, really. Exactly. But they don't want to tell people... We've had to have parent consultations. You know, and the only advice I can give you around that is don't send a letter home to say you're about to embark on this work. That's much more socially acceptable to come up with that one than the... the, the, um, So they're pushing this in in a big way. That's why, yeah, that's why... You see, uh, you got as well as um, in charge of Gaia's or care trustees of Gaia's cathode and... So who's in charge of the family conversion therapy campaign is another identified male, Helen Belcher. So she's very anxious to um, to uh, transition the children as well. And you get quite a few. Yeah, you do, don't you? I don't own... understand that. I know, but it, I it's just, it's putting it on. Actually, you mentioned jazz. Jennings there, night, right? And I've heard of jazz before. Now, I sent it to you. I don't know if you watched it. The other day, there was a, a short clip of Matt Walsh Yes. Um, explain that was I'm jazz. gonna send that to Rick. Um, did we send that to Rick? I'm pretty sure I we think did we send did, it to yeah. Rick. And that was jazz. And basically she because obviously this happened when this child was young, young, right? And the mother was on this. They had this show, didn't they? That I wasn't I, I think I was aware of it, I just never saw it, but he played a bit of the show. Um, mm. And basically, the it was the mum who was singing. She was sat with her friends. They were having dinner or something, and doing you know when obviously because he was put in front of the public eye and in the cameras from very young, pushed by his mother. Mm. And she had had the surgery, the bottom surgery, obviously the vagina, the fake vagina or whatever. And we were just talking about that having to keep it open. Um, she was saying to her friends, or oh, she better remember to do this or I'll be, you know, basically yeah, she yeah. was pushing all of this onto this young and, and even when oh, he was, was watching, awful. when he was watching Matt's reaction to him, her, when she was watching Matt, Matt's reaction to her, you could see, even though she argued against what he was saying, you could see it in his her face that she actually did know what it because there was a clip of when she was saying to her mother, "I just want to be me. I, I don't feel like me." So she's obviously got doubt there, and the mother's going, "No, no, it's just one yeah. of those days. You're fine, type of thing." Well, that's Munchausen's by proxy yeah. all the way, and this obviously, like you just said, is going to happen, especially if they're in a trans relationship. Yes, yes. They're go- if they and they're allowed to adopt now as well, which is a danger. But they're gonna. To push this onto their children, surely, and they are doing. Yeah, well, they are, and, and there's lots of people who bought into the ideology, and lots of people believe it. Lots of youngsters. I mean, they lots of youngsters really do feel this is a political justice issue, um, so that's why we've got some conflict on this. Um, it is, it is, it is kind of it feels like a, a real battle between good and evil and it's just so so difficult to know how long this will come to work through because i'm sure at the end things will be okay but but 
because there's three big things I said pushing this ideology. One is queer theory, two are these trans activists, and the third thing is money. Mm. So much money being pushed into this, so much money. And everywhere you look, it's the same organizations are pushing it. So Stonewall became trans inclusive after a grant of $100,000 from Arthur's Foundation. Arthur's Foundation have also contributed money to the Gendered Unicorn. Arthur's Foundation have contributed money to Trans Day Remembrance. Arthur's Foundation have contributed money to the um, ILGA. So they're a big player. Who are they, Nigel? Uh, who are they? Say again. Arthur's Foundation, uh, a philanthropic um, organization, in inverted commas, um, founded by um, a gay man, John Stryker, but he's an heir to a multi-billion dollar medical corporation, which is oh. a private corporation. So there's, you know, at least the idea that there's sufficient, there may be a vested interest there somewhere. But they've given, they've, they've spent about half a billion dollars globally on pushing gender identity. That's half a lot a of billion. money, half a billion. That is a lot of money um, to be throwing around. That's a lot of money to be throwing around. Yeah. So then there's the Open Societies Foundations. There's so much money going into this. It is extraordinary. Um, so they're providing a lot of the material. And of course, they're influencing lots of the organizations as well. So they're putting money into the, um, uh, in America, it's the um, Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, getting lots of money from them. Uh, there's an organization which goes into schools in America, GLSEN. The founder of GLSEN used to work for Arthur's Foundation for a while. Lots of money going to them. There's uh, money going to um, Planned Parenthood. Hands going yeah. to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood are pushing drugs, um, cross-sex elements on, on kids from the age of 18. Um, that's without parental authority. I think from it can be early with parental authority. So uh, lots of money going into this. And it's, you know, this is the new God, isn't it? It's just, yeah. um, it's making money, the new thing. Oh, massive money. Yeah. And that's not to mention the, you know, the money that each, that each of those surgeries are getting as well not you know obviously you've got a constant flow of the puberty blockers and the cross sex hormones they can just flow those out and then i've heard and i haven't checked it myself but a few people have said it correct me if i'm wrong oh actually scott nugent said it on what is a woman that yeah. each surgery can cost like up to a million pounds or even more than that you know so there's a big push in the pharmaceutical industry as well you know it is you are right it's like the new god it is absolutely everywhere it's inescapable it's in all you know children's cartoons children's everywhere. films videos whatever you can just walk through town and look in a window and everybody's adopted it you know the lgbtq flag and you know everyone wants to be progressive and the most diverse and whatever and doesn't want it so yeah. you know they they're all jumping on this big massive bandwagon and they're just fueling the fire as far as i'm concerned it, 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 and, you know mark drake was in swansea pride today so he was speaking oh is he yeah there's a video of him speaking there and he's talking about uh you know plans like the human rights and we shouldn't push back on all the you know successes that we've had so far and they don't, they, they just don't listen to what's being said. Now, Welsh politicians do not listen to any organization who wants to speak to them. They're, they're so invested in this ideology. Mm. It is frightening. Because, uh, you know, I don't, they must know. I mean, I can't believe Jeremy Miles doesn't know about queer theory. That seems disordering. He must do. He must think that this social engineering project is something worthwhile doing. Um, because he's, he went to came to Oxford University, did law, I think. So he's an intelligent fellow. You can't possibly not know about queer Yeah, exactly. But it just makes you realise that it's a yes man, a yes man night. Do you know what I mean? He knows full well what he's doing. But it's lying to kids. Mm, and this yeah. is the danger. It's lying to kids for political purposes. Yeah. It's yeah. the damage we're doing to it is, yeah. this these little kids now who are which why, you know. We're doing this whole reason that we're doing this is to, we don't want to we want to prevent this damage that's being done to children. You know, children are being told that men can have babies, that they can be they can have two. You know, this this is not right. It is not right. The children are being lied to. They're being deceived. And yeah. what what damage is this doing to this this generation coming up? What what kind of a mess are these people going to be in? Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not particularly religious, okay, but I'm going to throw this at you because I don't think. I mean, I, I there's a passion market. We just if you went to church, I occasionally go to church, and uh, if you go to church or Easter, you'll hear it. And certainly in the I don't think you can't you can read that and not see parallels today because to me queer theory is trying to deceive. Oh, yeah. So they are the new Judas Iscariot. Okay, mm-hmm. they're just they are it is is under the radar. They're trying to deceive by changing the meaning of the word. You've got a pile of youngsters who believe now this new ideology that that generally queer theory is created. That there is such a thing as a gender identity and it's a great social justice movement. And they are this mad crowd who are just attacking anybody who pushes back. Now, in the Senate, there's one person, one politician on the left who was brave enough to speak up. And that was Helen Mary Jones. And she was absolutely monstered, absolutely monstered by, um, uh, the mayor of Bangor, by lots of people who were in the, uh, LGBT expert panel. Um, advising the Welsh government. And, you know, all she was saying, she was worried about kids, the young girls who mm. were medically transitioned. She was forced to apologise. Adam Price threw her under the bus, essentially. And every five candidate for the last Senate election had to have training from gendered intelligence. Gendered intelligence, the CEO, Jay Stewart, said, um, yeah, he came to his self-understanding through queer theory. He was influenced by queer theory. It all comes back to queer theory. Yeah, so yeah. no, no politician now will speak out because they know what's going to happen. They're, they're, they're the, they're the Saint Peter, you know, they deny Jesus three times, essentially. They, they're too scared to speak out. The expert panel will be appointed of the high priests. You know, if you look at their yeah. Twitter feeds, they're just, you know, there's, there's a woman who's telling J.K. Rowling to F off. I mean, these not regional people. There's this woman who's, um, uh, a nurse, um, who's saying to the, Thirds of blood on their hands after this uh, Brianna Gay government of the other day. So the, the rhetoric from these people on the expert, the advisory panel for the government, the rhetoric they use is appalling. Yeah. It is so judgmental. So they're the new high priests. And the Welsh government are kind of conscious part of washing their hands. They don't think they know what's going on. They're just washing hands and, and they've outsourced any critical thinking to Stonewall. I have been years ago. So yeah, the, the Stonewall have got a massive boot in everywhere, haven't they? Yeah. I, I think the Scottish um, didn't the Scotland Paul. pay a million I can't remember now. It was a couple of years ago, something to do with Stonewall. And they were given, I was it one million from the Scottish government, Nicola Sturgeon's government. I'm telling Wales gives more money than any other government in the United Kingdom for Stonewall. <laughs> because the British government significantly on their country. So wow. Wales is really different. And that's the that's problem with these organisations as well, Nigel, they as the much as much influence and everything as they get are over well, especially school children, but everywhere else. And yet they, they're unregulated. There's nobody sort of looking out, you know, who's doing what or who's part of these organizations. No, it's, it's the belief, you know, you either believe in this belief in this ideology or not. And if you don't that's it. I mean, it's a belief system. You can't fear theory is it changes the meaning of words and it feels the need to do that in order to achieve its aims. You can't really have a dialogue because you're working from different definitions of words. So um, there isn't any dialogue. You have no dialogue. All you have is a is a belief system uh, which is going unchallenged um, and just plowing its way, causing havoc everywhere and in our schools as well. It's yeah. a belief system. It's a, it's a, it's a cult. It's extraordinary. It is. It's a massive cult. Oh, well, thank you so much, Nigel, for coming on today. We really, really appreciate you. Um, everything you do and your videos are absolutely superb. Where can people find your content, Nigel? Because they're very much worth watching because they're just so informative. Yeah. So, um, first fan man. Um, it, it, so that's what I am on. Um, Twitter is so it's one word P E R F F A N M A N. I thought it was a turf, but I thought it couldn't be a turf because I'm a man. But I'm a fan of turfs, so it's turf fan. <laughs> um, but then there's, there's two words in YouTube, so it's turf fan, separate word me. Uh, yeah, but look out for me there. And looking now, um, what is it? Okay, we've got quite as many hits as Matt Walsh, but uh, 
I'm doing all right. You're doing well. You're doing We'd great. love you to have you to come back on after this fundraiser and podcast on to do a show with us on Liberty Tactics, Nigel. It'd be great. Oh, all right. Excellent. Um, well, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, thank you right. very thank much. You do you think you'd just give on. our fundraiser a plug and why why we need to encourage people to uh, support these amazing families who are out well, there taking on? Right now. Guys, this is, this is not... This is really quite serious stuff now with happening. The ideology has been pushed to our kids, which is extremely damaging, and it's going to be damaged. Our kids are being lied to. So we need to stop this. So Public Child Protection Wales are doing a great job trying to raise awareness and trying to challenge the judicial appeal judgments. So please, if you have any money, please dig deep and make a contribution to their funds. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you nice so teaching. much, Nigel. Thank you. God bless. Okay. All the best, Bye. Bye. So we've got the lovely Sandy Adams coming up in about 20 minutes. Um, and I'm going to just see if Rick can patch in with us. Come on, Rick. Rick's up in Bristol. Come He's missing on, out Rick. on us. Get on camera, Rick, please. Come on and tell us what we're doing because we're going to have a little 15-minute uh, break so Kat and I can just... Well, we can have... Um... You're on telly. Are you on telly now? Say hello to everyone, Rick. Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> we can, so we can have we can have a quick break, which we had lined up, or we've got the um, we've got the Facebook video that you just sent me, but it's raw. So let's let's put ever whatever you've lined. I mean, he's got the Matt Walsh clip, he's, but it's raw. He said. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. yeah. We'll put that, that out. That's that's it gives it. us a little bit of time before Sandy comes okay. on to go and get cups of tea and. In about 15 minutes. I hope you've enjoyed the guest so far, guys. They've yeah. been wonderful guests. I'll just give you a little update on our fundraiser because um, our personal, it's up at 8,144. Obviously, 5,980. So let's say, let's just say it's six grand. Yeah, yeah. So, right. So, so we've got 20 quid. <laughs> For the sake of the 20 quid, right? It was six grand. So we've made 2,164. Yeah, 2,164. So wouldn't it be nice? I said, let's get it up to 10. But let's try and get it up to, if we could, guys, 10 grand by six o'clock would be amazing. Yeah. So that would be then um, five grand. Four grand. Four grand. Yeah. Yes. That'd, be, that'd be really good. That'd be really good. That'd be so, really yeah, good. I hope you've enjoyed it so far, guys. We'll be and back. We, are, we have got another long yeah, time we've we, we been here for about three four, hours four hours so oh, yeah, four. we've still got a long time you've still got us for another 32 <laughs> yeah. right yeah we're just gonna have a quick break guys this video that uh it's raw it's raw, raw, raw out good. so um here it comes it's 20 minutes and then we'll be back with the lovely sandy adams who made groundbreaking i watched like, it. her in glastonbury town council yeah i watched that oh my god it's brilliant and if she can you know she's going to get behind the, the mums and the children so what we can expect coming from sandy supporting our cause we're we're just onto a winner because she's a little powerhouse so enjoy this this is what the guys nigel and us were just talking about the matt walsh the newest video all about jazz I yeah think. that was what the program was called but this one this is about jazz yeah see you soon cheers guys jazz jennings is a name you probably recognize he's now a 22 year old man who identifies as a woman or i should say was identified was identified as a woman that this is not a path that jennings chose for himself it was chosen for him at a very young age and we know that about him and we know much else about him because his parents not only chose to make him trans from a young age, but also chose to make him a public figure from a young age. We're told that uh, Jennings was first diagnosed with gender dysphoria at the age of four, though his mother insists that he identified as a girl uh, before that, before he was even old enough to talk. Somehow he was identifying as a girl. By six years old, the child was already doing the media rounds. His mother shuffled him from one interview to the next. He was featured on 2020 and the Rosie O'Donnell show, which existed at the time as well, uh, had him. By the age of seven, Jazz's parents had established their own foundation, which is the Trans Kid Purple Rainbow Foundation. And this foundation was made so that they could assist trans youth and also, as it happens, receive donations. Now, coincidence there that they started doing the media rounds and then they started a foundation where they could take donations. Uh, you know, total coincidence. 
Uh, barely in a middle school, Jazz started in his first documentary, I Am Jazz, A Family in Transition, premiered on the Oprah Winfrey Network in 2011. A couple years later, Jazz had another 2020 interview, a follow-up. Two years after that, while still a child, Jazz, quote-unquote, co-wrote a children's book about his life titled I Am Jazz. Uh, and that was in the, the same year that Jazz Jennings began receiving awards and accolades and recognition from organizations like uh, GLAAD and Time Magazine and many others. A year later, the Jazz Jennings reality TV show debuted on TLC when he was still a kid, followed by the Jazz Jennings memoir. And while he was being constantly filmed and documented with, his, uh, with this you know, spotlight shining on him, he was also, at the same time, being led from one step in the medical transition process to the next, starting with, of course, the chemical castration drugs at the age of 11, followed by uh, hormones, and then genital mutilation at the age of 17. Now, yes, we're told, right, that nobody's performing actual surgeries on kids. That's not happening. And yet, and yet one of the most prominent trans-identified people in the country had surgery when he was a kid. That was just the first surgery, by the way. By the age of 20, Jazz had undergone three, quote-unquote, gender confirmation surgeries. So he still wasn't old enough to legally purchase a beer, Bud Light, presumably. And yet he had been taking drugs for, for nearly a decade at that point and be getting one gender transition surgery after another uh, for the past three years before that. Jazz's mother was there every step of the way, of course, helping him along. And that, quote, help would often take on a very aggressive and horrendously disturbing form. So listen to this clip from the reality show uh, just a few years ago, shortly after Jazz got, I think this was his first surgery, uh, and here's his mother. But with her, I'm worried about, like, her mental well-being and her dilation. The minute she leaves my house, we have a dilation problem. That is a concern. When you don't have that watchful eye, they tend to go back to old patterns. I have woken Jazz out of a dead sleep and taken the dilator and put the lubrication on it and said, here, you take this and you put it in your vagina. If not, I will. But Jazz is bad, even when I'm home once a day. I will be so mad if she goes away to college and that thing seals up. I will wring her neck. Can you imagine? Can we imagine? No, we can't. Uh, we cannot imagine any of this, yet it's happening. Yes, that is the, the mother of Jazz Jennings talking about how he forcibly, um, how she forcibly dilates her son's fake neo-vagina in the middle of the night. You know, normal mom stuff. And this never-ending process of dilation and lubrication is necessary to prevent the uh, quote-unquote vagina from closing up because it's not a vagina. It is an open wound, which is carved into the place where the male genitalia used to be. This is what was done to Jazz Jennings at the age of 17. He was butchered, turned into a lifelong medical patient in pursuit of something that he can never attain, searching for a female identity that will always be out of reach. And this explains why, most recently, uh, Jazz was on camera on the, the reality show expressing deep and profound despair and telling his mother that he, quote-unquote, doesn't feel like himself. Listen. So, um... Are you feeling like you wanted to start talking about? Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm like gonna cry. But you, you know I can't get out of my head. I know. No, listen. <laughs> it I just doesn't stop. It's okay. Give me a hug. It's okay. I know what you're going through. I've been there before. No, it still doesn't stop now. I and I'm already going well, back to you, negative. But the more you're talking about yourself, it gets harder. Mm -hmm. You're digging in and you're, it's making you put a magnifying glass on what's mm -hmm. already difficult as it is. So this is hard for you, I know, and you don't, we don't want to push you I know, anymore. I'm the one doing it, like. I know, you're your own worst enemy. I feel kind of all over the place and like my mind is very cluttered and not clear. And I really want to have that clarity. I really want to understand myself and be able to read my own soul and what I want. And it's just very challenging. And I think I'm kind of breaking down a little bit and spiraling into negativity. I just want to feel like myself. Like, that's right. it. I don't like care. All I want is to be happy and feel like me, and I don't feel like what me ever. Me? I know what you're going through, she says. Oh, really? Do you? D did your mom take you to Dr. Frankenstein to be genitally butchered as well? Did, so you know what that's like? Of course, this is terrible to watch, unfathomably sad, and I feel nothing but sympathy and compassion for Jazz Jennings. He, he was subjected to a lifelong brainwashing campaign, which began practically from birth, 
and which led to permanent physical changes in his body long before he could have possibly had any chance to realize what was being done to him. He is a, he is a, a victim. Though, like many abuse victims, he is at, at, at this point in his life not able to see it, not able to see the fact that he's an abuse victim, or at least not able to accept it. And that's what came through yesterday when Jazz published a video on his own YouTube channel responding to a number of conservative commentators, including myself. Uh, Jazz reacts to a segment of this show from a few weeks ago where I am myself responding to that clip we just watched of Jazz expressing despair and apparent regret. And uh, in his response, he says that I've misconstrued it, and he insists that the surgery brought him happiness and joy. And then we get to this part. Listen. So now let's go to this, this same person. Okay. I'm not even going to name him, and this is what he says later in the interview. This is the person, everyone, who said, Jazz is so unhappy, and it's because of this, is what he says. Uh, you ready? Mm-hmm. Let's watch. And I want you to respond to this, and maybe... Whatever you want to say to this. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mother brainwashed this kid into doing this, and now she's going to keep that brainwash going. Brainwash. So he may never fully come to terms with what happened to him, at least as long as his disgusting, wretched mother is still alive. It's just really hard to watch that. I don't know why people, like, are so intent on bringing our community down. Like, why do you care? Let us just be, let us be happy, let us be ourselves. We're not hurting anyone, you know? We need to celebrate each other and our diversity, not bring each other down. And anytime you're wishing death on anyone, I think you need to take a step back and look at yourself and your, you know, whatever's going on with you. My mom is not the abuser. People like him are the ones abusing us by saying these awful negative things about our community, you know? We are under attack, and it is clear in this video that there are people out there who want to hurt us, who want to see us fail, who want to see us be miserable, and that's really f***ed up, because we're not wishing that upon anyone. We just want people to open their eyes and see that we are beautiful, everyone is beautiful, and everyone deserves to be their authentic self. Our messages are about love, about positivity, and just to see someone like this saying such negative things, it's, you know... It's hurtful. It sucks. My whole life I have faced bullying. I have faced people, you know, attacking me and my identity. And I just wish people would let me be. You know, why do you... Oh, it's so frustrating. Now, um, I was going to respond to this just sort of in general terms, but I think instead I'd like to be more direct. Jazz has addressed me directly, asked some questions, and I'd like to answer them. So, uh, Jazz, first of all, I understand why you're frustrated that people are talking about you and from your perspective, involving themselves in your private life. Um, you are absolutely right that your conversation with your mother that we saw there about your own deep emotional and psychological pains should not have been a public spectacle. I never should have seen that or heard it. Nobody should have. But I didn't make it a public spectacle. And I didn't make you into a public figure. Your mom did that. She, she did it way before you could have possibly chosen this, chosen any of this for yourself. She had you on 2020 and starring in Oprah Winfrey specials when you were a young child. She had a camera in front of your face. She was parading you around as a mascot for transgenderism at an age when, you know, when I was that age, I was, I was spending my time watching cartoons and playing outside in the woods. And I wish that you had a childhood like that. You deserved to have that kind of childhood. But your, your mom took that away from you. She was more interested in monetizing you, using you as a vehicle to promote her ideology. And it's proven to be an effective vehicle, which is why I have to respond. You want to be left alone. I get that. I wish that you were left alone way back when you were a child, left to simply be a child. That's the life you should have had. You had a right to it. And it was taken from you by the adults in your life, especially your mom. And I'm sorry that it was taken from you. I truly am. Listen, even if it was, even if it was somehow true that you really are a female, you need to go through this necessary process of becoming your true self through the surgeries and everything else, which it isn't true at all. It just simply isn't. But that still would not justify your mom's decision to turn you into a public figure as a child, a symbol for a cause from such a young age. Even if we accept the logic behind transitioning children, which again, I do not accept and never would, it still would be unforgivable 
for a parent to make it into a public exhibition, which is what your parents did. Now, you also accuse me of wanting to hurt you and make you miserable. I don't. I'm not out to hurt you. I, I, see, I see that you are hurt. You said it yourself. You don't feel like yourself. And you don't feel like yourself because you have been led since childhood down a path of self-rejection. Now, you say that everyone deserves to be their authentic self. I could not possibly agree more. Deserve is an apt choice of words, in fact, in this case. Uh, every child deserves to be shown the way towards truth and, and their own true selves. Every child deserves to grow up in the light, surrounded by adults who are sources of, of clarity and guidance for them. You didn't have that, and you still don't. And that's not fair. You have been fed lies, one lie after another, and they are the worst kinds of lies. They are lies that deprive you of the recognition of your true self. This is the deepest form of abuse. I can't imagine what it does to a person to live with it every day since the earliest moments of childhood. Nobody in your life will tell you the truth. Nobody in your life has ever told you the truth. They have never been honest with you about anything, ever. They all are incentivized to keep up the deception. Well, I have no incentive other than my own love of the truth and my concern for you as a person and my concern for everyone else in your same situation. I don't stand to gain anything when I tell you this, but I'll tell you anyway. You are a man. It's who you are. There's nothing wrong with who you are, with who you actually are. Your maleness was never a problem that needed to be fixed. The adults in your life told you that you were sick. They diagnosed you and they labeled you and they defined you by those labels. They introduced horrific confusion into your life and then they profited off of that confusion. They exploited you. All of them did. The doctors, your parents, the activist groups, the media, the TV networks, they all swarmed around you like vultures taking pieces of you. And now those same people, they want you to live a lie for the rest of your life because if you don't, if you don't, it will embarrass and potentially impoverish them. Well, if we're talking about what people deserve, they deserve that. You deserve the truth. And I'm telling it to you even if it hurts to hear. Still, you need to hear it at least once in your life. Hey, we're back. I'm not sitting on my chair properly. Excuse me. Ignore <laughs> <laughs> me. A bit sloppy. Hey, we're back. Hi, guys. really bright again. That's okay. Yeah, we can't do anything about it, really. So sorry we're a bit bright, guys. We are sort of... So work is progress. We're doing progress. our best. Um, we're trying. Yeah, we, me and Lou moved them about, and at the time it looked like it worked. But oh, how about shutting that curtain? How about shutting that curtain? I just want to have a look at the uh, the fundraiser very quickly. Let's have a look. Go on, you shut the That's curtain. The you do that. Just go to the main PCP. You struggle, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't let cat near the uh, computer. Right, so I'm going to go to the main page. I'm going to look at the fundraiser and it was on six. Oh, right. Okay. R1, you want to look at the main So R1 is on 8,144. So we've done 2,664. So that's what the fundraiser, but I don't know what it was on before. So and I do think some of that's already, even though it's not moved from there, might have already come out. Oh, no, so. look, we've had Diane Fitch, Paul's sister. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Diane. Uh, Cherry Galena, thank you so much. Uh, Kim, Richard Vobes. Okay, Amazing. that's fine. Thank Amazing. You guys. Thank, thank you so much. Donations. Keep sharing the fundraiser. 
you know, even if you do it a few times, it doesn't matter. Some of you might not catch it the first time around. I do appreciate that we are censored, so that was a lot of the problem. But, you know, anyone you know with big followings or whatever, whack it on the comment section. I don't know. This information really does need to get out. So while people might argue the toss that is irrelevant to go on, say, a, a post about something else, it's not irrelevant because this is obviously for the kids. So just wherever you can post it, guys. Some digital warriors today and tomorrow for us would be absolutely amazing. Just it really we would. We're, we're broadcasting across Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. YouTube. Are we Amazing. still up on YouTube? We're still up. We're still up on YouTube. I can't believe it. So we only opened the account uh, the day before yesterday. Nothing's been posted on there apart from this live stream. So um, <laughs> <laughs> see, I see. I don't know how it's going to go when we get later into the night, but we'll see what happens. Well, I think yeah. I think with so YouTube, I do believe it goes, for Sandy if you um, any minute. If if you go live. Uh, they don't actually censor you until you finish the live stream and, oh, then they, and then they strike you and send you off. So we've only got to last a few more hours. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. fine. I'm just wondering where Sandy is. And guess what? I've just left my phone back in the toilet again, probably. Right. So we'll check on Sandy in a minute. I'm sure she'll be here. You might just have to poodle along next door and see if I've left it in there while she jumps up and I can just get in touch with Sandy. Here she is. It's oh, okay. Oh, Alarm worry. over. Sandy's <laughs> here. So Sandy, if you didn't know, has been campaigning and fighting. Originally it was over Agenda 21 many years ago. Uh, she has since been recently very much on the central bank digital currencies and the whole green agenda. Mm -hmm. And she just has appeared. She didn't expect it to go viral. She 